The Urban Dictionary defines junk journalism in the following way. It says junk journalism is a news story that's written without adequate research, investigation, or information. Junk journalism is aimed to promote traffic to a news site or to get public patronage by fabricating an alarming pack of lies to newsreaders. That having been said, it is hard to find a news report on our Holy Father, Pope Francis, in the secular media and press these days that does not qualify as junk journalism. Now, it's true you can find a good article here and there if you look really hard, if you look long and hard enough. But if you're trying to find out what the Holy Father really said on a given subject, and if you're trying to find out all that the Holy Father really said on a given subject, it may take you a while, unless you go to a good Catholic news source like EWTN, or the Catholic League for Religious and Civil Rights, or the National Catholic Register. For example, the secular media and press have repeated over and over and over again the words the Holy Father spoke during an interview back in 2013. Who am I to judge? You've heard it lots of times, I'm sure. And 99.999% of the time when they quote this line of Pope Francis, they try to create the impression that he was breaking with traditional Catholic teaching and condoning homosexual acts. In doing so, they conveniently ignore both the context of the remark as well as the rest of the statement the Pope made. The Pope at the time was speaking specifically about priests, priests who might experience same-sex attraction in their lives, but who are striving to be chaste. And in that context, he said, and here's the complete sentence, if someone is gay and he searches for the Lord and has goodwill, who am I to judge? He was not condoning sin there. He was basically saying exactly what the Catechism of the Catholic Church says and what John Paul II and Benedict XVI and every other modern pope has said, that it's no sin to experience same-sex attraction. The sin comes with the sexual activity associated with that attraction. So if somebody has the attraction but refrains from the activity, there's no sin involved. That's what the Holy Father was saying. But you'd never know that from the way the junk journalists report it. On a similar note, last week there were dozens and dozens of news reports that I came across about pop singer Elton John, who at a recent AIDS benefit concert called Pope Francis his hero and who thinks that the Pope should be canonized for, as one article put it, his compassionate drive to accept gay people in the Catholic Church. 
Now, I would like to see the evidence, the hard evidence, that Benedict XVI and John Paul II and all the popes that preceded them, I'd like to see the evidence that they did not accept people with same-sex attraction into the Catholic Church. Perhaps Elton John would find this hard to believe, but prior to Francis' election as Holy Father, we parish priests were not instructed by the Vatican to throw people out of our parishes who claim to be gay. I'm sure that would be a revelation to Elton John. I think the pop singer mistakenly believes, probably because of all the junk journalism he's been exposed to in recent months, he probably believes that Pope Francis condones things like so-called gay marriage. Well, his opinion of the Holy Father's quote-unquote sanctity would probably change radically if Elton John knew that a couple of years ago, when Francis was still in Argentina and was still a cardinal, he'd be surprised to know that Francis actually called gay marriage the work of the devil. Funny how the junk journalists totally ignore things like that. I mention all this this morning because of the feast we're celebrating in the church this weekend, the feast of the dedication of the Lateran Basilica in Rome. If you've been to Rome, you know. Rome has four major, has lots of churches, but it has four major basilicas, St. Peter's, St. Mary Major, St. Paul outside the walls, and St. John Lateran. Now, if you were a contestant on Jeopardy, as our parishioner Dr. Harwood was a few weeks ago, and Alex Trebek said, the first major basilica built in Rome, which functions as the Pope's cathedral. That was the answer on the board. How would you respond after you buzzed in, presumably you buzzed in first? Well, put in the form of a Jeopardy question, I think that nine out of ten people would say, what is St. Peter's Basilica? And they would be wrong. The correct answer is, what is the Basilica of St. John Lateran? We normally associate the Pope with St. Peter's. We do that, number one, because Peter was the first Pope. And secondly, we do it because in recent centuries, Popes have lived in close proximity to St. Peter's, and they've celebrated many, perhaps most, important ceremonies there. But the Cathedral of the Holy Father is actually St. John Lateran, which is why today's feast has so much meaning. This feast, you see, reminds us of our unity, our unity with the Holy Father in the one holy Catholic and apostolic faith. The word cathedral comes from a Latin word, cathedra, which means chair, it means seat. In every cathedral, you will notice, there is a big seat. Every bishop has his seat, his chair in the cathedral, which is where he sits during special ceremonies, during masses and the like. And it's from that chair that he presides over his flock. Now, with respect to the Pope, 
that flock includes you and me, not just the people in the Diocese of Rome. So this is a feast day for all of us. It's a feast day for the Universal Church. We are united as Catholics in the one true faith, the faith that is guarded and taught and defended by the man who sits on the cathedra, the chair, in the Basilica of St. John Lateran. And you see, it's precisely that unity that many of our junk journalists want to destroy. That's what they're after. At least that's how I see it, and you'd be hard-pressed to convince me otherwise. The next time you read an article about Pope Francis in a secular newspaper, the Journal, the Day, almost any paper, or in a magazine, or online, the next time you see a news report about him on network TV, notice something. Notice the verbal picture they paint of this man. They almost always portray him as being at odds with his fellow bishops. They portray him as being almost totally different from every previous pope. They imply that he's breaking with traditional church teaching on whatever matter they happen to be discussing. They say or imply that he's doing his best to pull the old, antiquated, narrow-minded Catholic Church out of the Dark Ages and into the modern world. That's the portrait they paint. And in the process, they're doing something. They are creating an atmosphere of discord and disunity among God's people. Do you like Pope Francis or not? Are you a liberal Catholic or are you a conservative Catholic? Do you approve of the way Pope Francis is changing everything in the church? Those are the kinds of things people are talking about today, thanks in large part to the confusion that's been caused by the junk journalists. Junk journalists who are definitely, unquestionably, doing the work of the devil. Remember what Satan's philosophy is. It always has been his philosophy and always will be. Divide and conquer. Satan knows quite well that he can't destroy the church, but he knows he can do some damage in spite of that fact. He knows he can hamper the church's mission to some extent by causing division and discord among God's people. And he's working overtime these days to do that. And why? Very simply because he knows very well the truths that are contained in today's scripture reading. For example, Satan knows that the church is like that temple that the prophet Ezekiel saw in his vision, the vision we heard about in our first reading. In fact, I would say that the church is the ultimate fulfillment of this vision, which Ezekiel had many, many years before Christ walked the face of this earth. What happens in this vision? Ezekiel sees water flowing from the temple, and that water, he indicates, gives life. Gives life, life to everything it comes in contact with. Let me read to you a few lines from the text. It says, wherever the river flows, every sort of living creature that can multiply shall live. And there shall be abundant fish 
For wherever this water comes, the sea shall be made fresh. Along both banks of the river, fruit trees of every kind shall grow. Their leaves shall not fade, nor their fruit fail. Well, spiritually, that's exactly what happens through the church, is it not? Through the preaching and the teaching and the sacramental life of the church, God's saving grace flows out and gives life to people, eternal life. Now what's really interesting is, a different temple is mentioned in each of these three readings. Did you notice that? In the Ezekiel text, it's the temple of Jerusalem, which prefigures the church. In today's gospel, Jesus calls himself, his body, a temple. And in the second reading, St. Paul says that we are the Lord's temples. Confusing? No, not really. I think the message is pretty simple and pretty clear. The Lord's reminding us today through these scriptures that the grace of salvation, the grace of eternal life, comes from the temple, the temple of Jesus' body, sacrificed for us on the cross, through the temple, the temple that we call the church, to the temple, the temple that each of us is. Salvation is from the temple Jesus, through the temple the church, and to the temple us. Two thousand years ago, Satan tried to destroy the temple of Jesus' body, and he failed. Now he's trying, with the help of junk journalists and others, to cause division in that middle temple, the church, all so that he can destroy the third temple. You and me. Forever. That's what this is about. Don't let it happen. That, I believe, is what the Lord is telling us today. Don't let it happen. Love the church. Love the Holy Father. Stay united with Him. Stay united with one another. And tune out the junk journalists of the world.